What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Quackin' PDX, the number one sports podcast for Oregonian sports fanatics. Man, this week is an important week for the University of Oregon football team. This Friday, we play and face the University of Washington Huskies in the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas. This is the first time Oregon has played in that game since 2021 and our first chance to win the Pac-12 championship since 2020. It's a big game for Oregon. It's a big game for Washington. There's a lot on the line. And here today to talk about it with me is University of University of Washington fan, Landon Pierce. What's up, Landon? Hello, and this is my first time on a podcast, so might be a little new, but like, so no, I yeah, start I, talking about um what we did and this how yeah. the season goes. Yeah, right. exactly. No, it's uh so first up, um, I think we should go over our teams, um, how the seasons right. have gone for each team, the the strengths and the weaknesses of the of the Washington team, the Oregon team this season, and how yeah. that will be impactful this Friday. So you can start. All right. So back when the season started, uh, we the we started the season with like four straight blowouts with forty points plus, and Penix threw for four hundred yards and then three hundred. And uh, o- Romo Dunze has been a huge part of the offense this year, and uh, and along with Polk and McMillan, which McMillan uh, has been a little bit better last year. Um, and then you had the five games. We were 5-0 and um, leading into the Oregon game, which was one of my favorite games of this year for obvious it reasons. A, it was a big game. The fifth-year kicker of the Oregon Ducks uh, <laughs> lost the game. Man, fifth-year kicker, but also a terrible kicker, man. Cameron Lewis is uh, <laughs> the opposite of clutch. After my after the Huskies kind of gave the game to the Oregon Ducks in like multiple ways, I feel like. But then, since then, it has not been as pretty, even though we've won every game. Say against ASU, and it was fifteen to seven, and that's Arizona State. They're like not good, really. And then we beat Stanford by only nine, which I feel like we should have done more. Um, and also. Uh, then we then but we allowed thirty three points to Sanford. Then we allowed forty two to USC. We won fifty two forty two. That game had a huge rushing game, um, and Penix only threw for two fifty six and fifty two with fifty two points. Then we beat Utah by seven, or in Oregon State by only two, and then WSU by three. So recently, it's been wins, but they're not really pretty. But Romo Dunze is has completely picked it up, and Penix yeah. the last two games has like a combined three hundred and sixty six yards, which is not mm. what you need when you're facing uh, Oregon Ducks, who are pretty much overpowered on basically everything. I feel like I'm not the one to say that, but like yeah. that's how no, I feel. That's, like. that's okay. So, one one yeah. problem this year has been uh, rushing for the Huskies. They've had one game with over one hundred four yards rushing so yeah no i mean you pretty much know they're not going to do that i feel like they're a, they're a very strong passing team very strong in the air Penix is a very accurate quarterback and they have mm-hmm. 
you know, one of the one of the best wide receiver trios in the country, if not the best wide receiver trio in the country. And yeah, Washington yeah. is twelve and zero. They've won all of their games, and that that matters. And that's why they're ranked number three in the country right now, leading up to the Pac twelve championship game. For me, yeah. for me, Oregon, I think is the better football team. However, yeah. in back to back seasons, we've lost. So Oregon also started the season five and zero. Um, mm-hmm. beating a lot of teams, beating a lot of teams, uh, in huge fashion, you know, Colorado was ranked, which shocked the world. And, you know, there was a lot of hype behind their program and they came into Austin stadium and we beat them 42 to six, right? I mean, just crushed them really mm-hmm. ended their season because, yeah. uh, they only got one more win the rest of the way. And, uh, Stanford beat them 42 to six, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we won a big preseason game at Texas tech. Um, a Texas Tech team that was much better now or much better then than they are now. So, you know, I thought I thought the biggest thing for Oregon is being able to being able to overcome the mental barrier, right? Mm-hmm. Last year Oregon was was ranked like number 6 in the country, number 25 Washington came into Autzen Autzen and handed them their first stadium, their first Loss in that stadium in which a long really time. The first year of Michael Penix. So, which was was yeah. I mean, it was it was a tough game, and it was back and forth until the very end. And that's the game that Bo Nix got hurt. And really interesting. I'm gonna bring this up. I just listened to a clip of the Washington defensive back that hit Bo Nix. Um, he was being interviewed on some radio show, and he said he admitted that it was a dirty hit, which I thought was very interesting. He said, yeah, you know, I, I went low. I dove low. And, of course, us Oregon fans know that that is the game that ended Bo Nix's Heisman campaign last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't able to run. He wasn't able to be mobile in the pocket. And that, that kind of resulted in um, the loss in the Civil War and, you know, barely beating Utah when I think we were a really good football game last year too. But um, the biggest thing that's changed for Oregon this year has been our physicality. And so I thought, you know, let's go into Washington, let's go into Seattle, and let's be the more physical team. And we were. You know, we were the more physical team. We were, we were winning both lines of scrimmage. And, um, you know, it was, it, was a great, it was a great game for Oregon. The defense was getting a couple of stops. The, the offense was, was doing enough, but um, – it, it was back and forth. It was back and forth again. Very similar, very, very similar to last game. And – but then, you know, the Washington played a perfect game. Like, they played zero mistakes. You know, Penix and the receivers were clicking. Roma Dunze was clicking. Um, Penix was clicking. And Washington really got their run game going in that game. And Oregon did not play perfect, right? And that was the biggest factor in that loss. Oregon, you know, we had the two fourth and goals down in the red zone that we didn't convert, yep. as well as... A fourth, like a fourth and two at midfield, where if you get that, if you get that first down, uh, that ends the football game, right? Yep. And so Oregon didn't get that fourth down. Penix, Adunze in the end zone in two plays, and you know the rest of the story. Oregon came all the way back down the field, and Camden Lewis missed the game tying field goal. But I, I don't put that full loss on Camden Lewis because I think Oregon really. We kind of beat themselves and poor coaching and definitely a bad play call on that final fourth down at midfield. Um, and that's why I think Oregon can be the better team. I have some 
some numbers here. Um, Oregon played USC at home, beat them 36 to 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington went to USC, beat them 52 to 42. So yep. scored more points, gave up a lot more points. Yeah. Um, one, thing, one thing I could add about that is why one unfortunate thing for the Huskies is that throughout the year, they've been giving up a ton of points, like even yeah. to not amazing teams. Like recently, like since, uh, uh, the 28th against Stanford, it was, they've given up 33, 42, 28, 20, and 21 to not even very good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm, I have those numbers here and I'm going to share those numbers. Um, Oregon, their second college game day of the year. It was, mm, it was like number six or number seven, Oregon went to number 13, Utah mm-hmm. at Utah, which if you're a fan of college football, you know at Utah is a tough place to play regardless of who Utah's starting quarterback is. Yep. And we stomped them 35-6. to six. I mean, it was a really dominant showing. Bo Nix only played one half of football. Um, <laughs> the Oregon offense just clicked. And really, that was the last relevant game for Utah this season. Um, Utah went to Seattle, almost upset Washington 28-35. to 35. It was a one-score game. Yep. Um, like most of the Husky yeah. system game. Has no, been. the university of California who is, you know, definitely, definitely in a rebuild, um, came to Oregon and we, we beat the brakes off them 63 to 19. It was a, it was a great win for Oregon, but Washington gave up 32 points to that California team, yep. um, beat them 59 to 32. So put up enough points on offense, but that still that's back when we were averaging like 45, 36 yeah. a game. Yeah. But then. Stanford this year has been a terrible football team. I mean, they are definitely in a in a rebuild. And Oregon, who in the past, you know, has had tough times playing at Stanford, even if they're bad, we beat them 42-6, to six, right? Another great win for Oregon. Another great game for Bo Nix, who played one half only. Um, yep. And then later on in that season, Stanford, Washington, 42-33. to 33. Washington gave up 33 points to that Stanford defense. Um yep. Again, you know, these games, Oregon's blowing out these teams. Washington is not blowing out these teams. And I think the the one that's the most um, important here, well, there's a couple, and they all get more important, but is the Arizona State game. Um, oh, yeah. Oregon beat Arizona State 49-13. to And it was 42-0 to at the half. Yeah, and it's 40. It, it, yeah. That's 42 to zero at the half. And, you know, then the second strings came in on defense. We scored or on offense and defense. We scored once more, gave up a few points, but 42 to zero at the half is insane. That was really Bo Nix's Heisman coming out party. He threw for 400 yards and six touchdowns in that one half. I mean, it was insane. I Um, remember, I remember messaging uh, you during that, during the halftime of that game, that Bo Nix might've just won the Heisman. Bo Nix might've just locked up the Heisman. No, I mean, that's, that's that's definitely real. And, you know, it's it was a great game for Oregon. But I think this was probably Washington's worst game of the season. Oh, Arizona sure. State came to Seattle and lost 7-15. to 15. Washington put up 15 points on that defense all game. With 13 and, rushing yards. Yeah, 13 uh, rushing yards. And one of their yards. touchdowns was a pick six. Yeah. So they only had one offensive touchdown. The entire game against that Arizona State defense. Yeah. Um, the the other games that are in Oregon's favor was uh, Washington State. We beat them by a lot. Um, 
24 to 38 and you guys beat them by a game winning field goal. Now, you know, it's the rivalry. It's the rivalry game. So I understand that, that, that is different, you know, different stakes in the rivalry game, but I'll also bring up our rivalry game. You know, you guys went to Corvallis to Oregon state and that was a close game, neck and neck, a defensive battle where Washington won by two points in the civil war last week, Oregon knocked off Oregon state 31 to seven, just another dominant game by Oregon on both sides of the ball. So I think Oregon is the better football team. And, you know, Bo Nix has been amazing this year. Bucky Irving, Troy Franklin, Tess Johnson, you know, Jordan James, Terrence Ferguson, Patrick Herbert, you know, I, I could name more. The, the offense has been so good and the defense has, has been just as good. Brandon Dorless and the D-line have been extremely physical. So, it's all about, to me, getting over that mental hurdle of the last two losses and finding a way to just play Oregon's brand of football and be the better team that I know we are. So that's, that's kind of my take. It's kind of my take on the, on the game. And, um, but let's talk a little bit more about what's at stake for this game. So Oregon plays Washington. For the first time ever in the Pac-12 championship game. And I feel like this could be probably the best college football game of the year. It's going to be better than uh, Ohio State-Michigan because Ohio State-Michigan, it was a great game and all, but like it's not not going to be as fun to watch as I think Oregon and Washington because they have great defenses, but the offense is there's just not, not amazing. It's like, so that I feel that's how I feel about that game, but. I feel like this game could be a lot better than that. And I feel like it's going to be one of the best games we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. And the stakes of this game are just as high as because the stakes of that big game. Get in. Everyone, for, the first time, for the first time ever in Pac-12 history, the winner of the Pac-12 championship game is guaranteed to make the playoffs. Five-ranked versus three-ranked Washington. Number five, Oregon, against number three, Washington. And, you know... The Pac-12 has sent teams to the playoff before, those teams being Washington and Oregon, Washington in 2016, Oregon in 2014. Yeah. Um, and both times, both years, those teams had to win the Pac-12 championship to get in. Yeah. Um, Utah in 2019, if they had won, they would have gotten in. Oregon, we beat them. Um, last year, USC, if they had won, they would have gotten in. Utah, they beat them. So for yeah. the first time, Whoever wins the game will make the playoffs, which is that's different than how it's been, which makes the stakes so high. Plus, it's a rivalry game. Um, for the longest time, the Pac-12 championship, you know, was the winner of the North against the winner of the South. So um, Washington and Oregon, only one of those two teams could make it. Um, they got rid of that just a couple of years ago. And so for the first time ever, these historic rivals get to play each other in the Pac-12 yep. championship, which in my opinion, and I think it is the most the most important game of the history of this rivalry, the most high stakes game in the history of this rivalry. So it's, it's a very important game for both programs. And I'm really, really looking forward to watching it. Um, do you want to, do you have, do you have any insight on the, on the history of the rivalry, on the well, recently it's 
the Huskies were they were good last year with Penix and stuff, but like Jake Browning was their quarterback before, and it goes a while back. But like twenty, they were ranked twenty five last year. They and were that being in Oregon. That was a, that was a big time upset. You know, Washington fans love to merchant off of that game in twenty sixteen. <laughs> And oh yeah, we won by like, freshman year when they won like seventy to fourteen, and you know that was probably the most that, dominant yeah, win was... in the history of the rivalry. But it's been it's been close back and forth. In twenty nineteen, Justin Herbert went into Seattle and got the win um, yeah. against which was Bengals legend Jake Browning. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, uh, and Washington legend Jake Browning. And Washington, of course, made the playoff in twenty sixteen. Yep, um, they kind of. They got whooped there by Bama, but yeah, they were still that, able. To, that, they were still perfect. able to make it. Um, my favorite play, my favorite game in the history of the rivalry was 1994. Uh, oh, Kenny no. Wheaton. Kenny Wheaton's gonna score. Uh, you know, us Oregon fans know they still have that play in uh, the song I left. I left my heart in Oregon there at Autzen when you're at a game and they play it at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Kenny Wheaton's going to score a 97-yard pick six to ice the game uh, in what was an upset against a very good Washington program back then. So, yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely been a lot of games in the, in the history, in the history of this rivalry that have had big stakes, but this game definitely has the biggest stakes. Um, before we do our score predictions, there's one more do thing I want to ask. Some keys for the game, like. Yeah, no. Before we do that, before we do that, I want to ask you about a specific event that happened um, yesterday. The yeah. three finalists for the Belitnikov Award, which is the award for the best wide receiver in college football, yep, Fred Belitnikov, were named. Um, yep. Malik Neighbors. Yep. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. And Washington receiver Roma Dunze. Yep. And my question for you is see if I can find the numbers here. Well, I'll just ask you right now. Why didn't Troy Franklin, Oregon wide receiver, why wasn't he a finalist? Um, Troy Franklin has better numbers than a Dunze. Yep. Better numbers than Marvin Harrison on in all categories, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Troy Franklin has broken the Oregon school record for career receiving touchdowns, single season, re- single season rece- receiving touchdowns, single season receiving yards. Um, I mean, it's crazy. He's the best Oregon wide receiver of all time. He is one of the best wide receivers in college football, and I think that was a total snub from the Blitnikoff Award finalists. Um, so what I might think about that is that, after all, we are still on the Pacific Northwest area. And if you just look straight at records, the Huskies are undefeated and Oregon is not. So that mm-hmm. may compel them to just pick a player from the team with the better record if they haven't watched they, them too much. They could only pick one of them, probably, yeah. because even though Marvin Harrison's numbers aren't that high, he's still really good. He's Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah. so they, they had to include him. I was really bummed to see Troy Franklin snubbed. I think, I mean, he's such an electric player. and uh, He put yeah. up like 150 yards and two touchdowns in the loss to Washington. Yeah. And I, ex- I expect him to have big, big numbers again this week. Um, Washington's yeah. secondary, what are they? 
Are they are they pretty good? Uh, I would not say so, especially. Okay, they're a weakness. They, they, they're definitely a weakness. Interesting. Most of the defense is a weakness because, and again, I'm saying it. We've been allowing bad teams to score against us. Uh, allowing a lot of points to bad teams. No, that's right. And even to the good teams, we blew out. We still are allowing like 25, 30 points mm-hmm. a game. Well, I think for both teams, our secondaries are a weakness. Oregon um, yeah. tends to allow receivers to get behind them sometimes. So, yeah. um, But Oregon has that dominant defensive line. And I think this – and, yeah, that should that should jump into our three keys to success for each team. All right, I'll go first. So, yeah, you should go first. That one of the biggest keys is obviously passing because if you don't do that, we're not going to be able to rush because uh, Dylan Johnson is like, he's, he's good, but like he's, he's the rushing attacks not really been huge the whole year for the, for the Huskies. So getting Odunze, Polk, Bernard, even McMillan, who's been our fourth yards wise receiver, been our fourth best, uh, all involved is going to be really important in Westover and just, uh, so that's going to be probably one of the biggest keys to the game, and another key to the game is, I mean, you gotta at least you gotta. Can you tell me how good the Oregon's offensive line is? Do you know that the number one offensive line in college football? We have the least amount of sacks and quarterback pressures. Yeah, so out of just, all the Power Five teams, it's not going to be easy. It's not. Yeah, this game is going <laughs> to be one of the t- more tough games because I feel like Oregon's going to come back more hungry than they were. Um, earlier because they, you know, they lost and yeah, definitely we're gonna have to we're gonna have to cover the receivers. I mean, the defense hasn't been good against that, so somehow, some way, they're gonna have to find a way to make the adjustment and get get the receivers because Bo Nix can Bo Nix can run too. So you saw that last week, and so it's it's gonna be tough. But uh, <laughs> another key to the game. Can you tell me how the defensive line is for the ducks um you know they're not the best at getting pressure but they can get pressure um you know against texas tech we had a game winning quarterback pressure and interception which led to oregon ice in that game i think we're pretty good at stopping the run or sorry we're excellent at stopping the run yeah Uh, oregon state running back damian martinez was held to 38 rushing yards uh last week after averaging you know, over 100 yards and a touchdown uh, in his past games. So we held him to 38 yards and no touchdown. And that's the reason why we were able to be so dominant against Oregon State. Yeah, so, so hopefully our offensive line can hopefully give Penix enough time to try to find a downfield threat, which is going to be very important if you want to win this game, which is going yeah. to be one of the hardest games to play. And I'll, th- I'll add my final score lo- p- prediction along with this because I have to get off soon. Your final score prediction, okay. I think that the Huskies end up winning from a score of 30 to 28. 30 to 28. It's be a really close game. Wow. It's going to be a close game. I, I mean, both of their last two games, they won by three, right? So this yep. one, is this one going to be similar? like the Huskies of 2023 to do that. Nah. Well, real quick, before you have to leave, I will – give my three keys to success for each team as well. And I think my first key is getting quarterback pressure is yep. get getting to Michael Penix jr. Making him throw 
um, difficult throws and not allowing him to just air it out to his electric receivers, which will be able to make long catches. So my first key is definitely pressuring the quarterback, getting pressure on the defensive line. And my second key is forcing turnovers. So the last time we played them, um, we really didn't force turnovers. So we need to stop them on fourth downs and also yep. get interceptions or fumbles. Um, Oregon has to be the more physical team, and we have to force turnovers in order to make this um, a competitive game and in order to allow the offense and the defense to run more smoothly. And my third key would be to establish the run game. Um, Oregon yep. has been a better team this season when we can establish that run game. And that gives Nick's a better opportunity to air it out to his biggest receiving threats, Tez Johnson and Troy Franklin. So those are my those are my score or those are my three keys to success. My score prediction for this game is 42. Hmm, 42 to 33 Oregon. I think Oregon comes out vengeful, but also after a good first quarter, Oregon realizes that they are the better football team. And so we're able to dominate on offense and do just well enough on defense to be able to get the win. Um, that's my score prediction. I can't wait to watch the game. Um, this Friday is going to be a great one. And thank you so much, Landon, for coming on this podcast and talking about the game. It's been a real pleasure to have you, man.